When do we change the clocks? What? What do you mean? How does anyone know the date or whether to change the clocks forward or back? I always get so confused. It's easy. Now you're getting everyone in the clock changing spirit. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. Monday, March 9th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Morning, everybody. What's up, Tassie? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Leolis. Friends. Lily, and last but not least, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. J.D., how was Nashville? Nashville was awesome. Yeah? You had a yeah. blast? I had a great time. I did all the typical things. Went to a musical. Went to a comedy show, so I'm not very typical at all, but it was, <laughs> it was fun. It was really you went good. to the Johnny Cash uh, I museum. went to the Johnny Cash Museum, yeah. yeah. That was a, That's very typical. It was pretty typical. It was a huge ripoff. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, it's pretty It's so like, when you're paying for a family of four, go see some memorabilia. <laughs> like over 80 records. bucks. <laughs> wow. We were in there for maybe Woo. 15 minutes. Yeah, oh. it's, not, it's not very big. It's not big. It's not. Uh, but, you know. It's, you got to do stuff like that, yeah. I guess. And yeah. what what musical did you see? <laughs> I saw Jesus Christ Superstar. It's the 50th anniversary. It's my favorite musical of all time. And it was awesome. Oh, and we were sitting go. in the front row. It was great. Front row? Front row, baby. What, what'd that put you back? How much Johnny uh, Cash did that cost that you? That cost me $70. I jumped on those tickets as soon as it was uh, announced. Oh, well, good for you. So I was just right in there. Oh. Well, it's great to have you back. We, mi- we missed you at the roller rink. I know. I was uh, I, the, the one thing I would actually be interested in uh, <laughs> yeah. participating in, I missed. So yeah. there you go. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the roller rink more in the future when the clips start dropping. But uh, guys, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. You know it. We'll be stepping on the beach a little later this week, so you got a few days here to get in your fresh, hot questions or comments. But it's a Monday staple on No Dunks. We look back at the NBA weekend. We hit you with the winners and the losers. It feels like we got so much here to uh, break down here on a Monday. So let's start with the winners. Tass, I feel like you got a pretty uh, pretty obvious winner of the weekend. Yeah, there's other things to talk about other than the Los Angeles Lakers. There are other stories because the Lakers have taken over the league. They won two games. I think not only are the Lakers winners because they beat the other two best teams in the league and the Bucks and the Clippers yep. for the first time this season. That's the key here. Yep. But we're all winners because we've got a storyline here. We've got we've got a, <laughs> something to talk about because it wouldn't have been as juicy if the Clippers had gone three and zero versus the Lakers this season, or if the Bucks had had gone two and zero this season. We're looking forward now to the Lakers potentially meeting the Clippers, uh, and yeah, they look great. And the storyline of LeBron opening up this MVP debate that everybody thought was over. Mm-hmm. That Giannis had taken it over, he has opened that debate, especially because the Bucks not only lost on Friday to the Lakers, but then they lose um, on Sunday as well to the Phoenix Suns. So here we are. I don't think there's more than they won two games really to take from this when you're looking at the playoffs. Let's not go crazy here. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> the Clippers, I still think, are the favorite in this series. The Lakers, as LeBron said, um, or I, I mean, as a lot of the Clippers said, it's just hard to win three games against a team. It's hard to sweep a team. And the, and the Lakers, if you want to take something from it, maybe this was a Clippers home game and there's still lots of Lakers fans. And in a seven-game series, 
it's basically going to be a home series for the Los Angeles yeah. Lakers. I think that's something to look at. And LeBron taking the big challenge, I guess, is is important here. Of, what about Anthony Giannis. Davis? I mean, they don't. That's going to be the key to me in a series if they meet. Talking about the Clippers specifically. Yeah. I mean, he looked fantastic. I know the talk you're right Monday morning here is the LeBron back in the MVP discussion. Can he steal it? You know, if the Lakers, heck, catch the Bucks even for the number one overall record, they're only like two games back in the loss column. So it's not that far-fetched, especially yeah, with, true. A, with an injury to Giannis. And we'll get to that later, I'm sure. But, yeah, it's this AD factor. It's like LeBron was off. AD was just as good in these two wins. I mean, a sort of that's what happens, you know, when the Lakers win. A lot of the credit, rightfully so, goes to LeBron. But here's AD as a like the monster yep. in these games, you know, very simply getting to his 30 points, getting to the line, of course, and obviously contributing defensively too. Yeah, he is. I mean, LeBron is more than happy to defer to Davis at times, but still when the winning time is on, I felt LeBron is like, I'm taking over this game. You saw last night driving inside, yeah. like, you know, doing those things and sending a message, I think. He's been sending messages to Zion Williamson. He's sending one to Giannis and the Bucks, and now he's sending one to the Clippers. But Davis has really accepted, I think, that that role that, like, you know, he's going to be the future of the Lakers. But right now, LeBron, it's like almost a transition stage. LeBron's sort of showing him how to do it. And then Le- and Davis on the defensive end has been fantastic. He was great against the Bucks on Friday night. But then on the offensive end, when the time calls for it, Davis is there and they're running plays through him. And, uh, and that's great to see. A lot of confidence. I- I've been someone who who've said, you know, that Giannis is going to be unanimous MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's still MVP. He ain't going to be unanimous. He's not going to be unanimous no, anymore. Not but, even a chance. But, uh, but, but certainly, you know, this, hasn't been, this wasn't a good weekend for the Bucks, but yeah. it certainly was a fantastic weekend for the Lakers. So uh, it's great. It's great because, you know, Tass is saying the Clippers are the favorite. I'm not sure I agree, but that's great. That's what we want. We want that uncertainty. We don't want it has, as it has been for five years in a row almost where it's like, Oh, the Warriors. Something has to go terribly wrong for right, the Warriors to right. win. So you're right. saying, Skates, that there's no matchup for Anthony Davis on. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know who Clippers. it is. I don't know who it is. They don't uh, have a good one. And I don't think Doc knows really either. I think at times maybe Zubat sort of should have gotten a little bit more minutes, but he runs with Harrell. And then the Lakers, when lose out there, they go at him. I mean, they might have, uh, you know, just the, in terms of the matchups, like, yeah, there's the firepower, the star power on both sides, but it might be in the margins you know, being able to exploit some of the other guys or not having an answer to slow them, I, I think is in play. I think that's exactly right. And for the weekend, it basically just muddies the water. All three of these teams, the Bucks, Lakers, and Clippers, I think you would say are basically on equal footing for who could win the yeah. championship at this point now. But the takeaway is definitely that the Lakers can put some serious pressure on the rim. They were trying to get buckets inside, even against the Bucks, a team that has a bunch of huge guys who are pretty good defending the rim. But when you look at the Clippers, it's like – you really want Zubats out there closing games? Probably not. No, I, I, I But also, it. Davis is running wild against Montrez Harrell. And if Lou Williams out there, you've got minus defenders, basically, at the two most important spots, a point guard and at the rim. So that is a problem for the Clippers. Right. Um, That's why Joakim Noah was sitting in the stands. He's ready to join the Clippers and be that I mean, man. if he's closing too, feast, feast away. Oh, yeah. No, uh, he's not closing This is a problem that's for just the Clippers, right? I mean, yep. they, they, the Lakers are bigger. And that's going to be the case in the playoffs. Yeah. Earlier, was it Thursday night, Rockets and the Clippers, and Zubats feasted on the Rockets because they had no one inside. But in this instance, he just is no match for Anthony Davis. I mean, he, he's, a, you know... And, and but who, I mean, really, who is yeah, in this league? No, the, not, not many guys at all. He's like a top all. five player. Yeah, not many guys at all. But, you know, Montrez is a great energy guy. You know, he gives it his all. But Davis has got the length. He's got the reach. He can uh, step outside and knock down their shots. Like, I can't ever remember seeing Anthony Davis take a, take a jumper on the baseline... And then, like, blow off his fingers like he's on fire. <laughs> like, I don't ever remember AD, like, doing something like that in a game. Do you know what I mean? Like, just that confidence level of him 
And, of course, with the Lakers led by LeBron, I mean, it's sky high. And they wanted this game a little bit more than the Clips. There's no doubt. LeBron was diving on the floor for mm. loose balls, stepping in, taking huge charges. Like, Same with Davis. Like, what in the world? Uh, right? Yeah, I think they didn't want to go – they didn't want to be swept by this Clippers no, team. They were no. de- extremely desperate to not be swept 3-0. And uh, LeBron also timed this MVP thing perfectly. <laughs> and I think that, that plays into it. Giannis has been doing it all season, and LeBron has been – very good all season, but yeah. for him to step up and guard Giannis and then guard Kawhi yeah. a lot of this game and be on the floor for two games, it's different than doing it for 60. And I'm not, I'm not trying to knock LeBron down a peg, but when it comes down to it, I think we all, I think we should all be in agreement that Giannis has been more steady and hasn't had a, num- a guy to defer to like LeBron has this all season. Right. And Anthony Davis is the leading scorer on this team. So, on both ends. On both ends. LeBron stepped up and, and made this case known on the biggest weekend of the season here before March Madness takes over. Uh, LeBron was very aware that he's playing the two best teams and that they they needed just for a little bit of confidence going into the playoffs. Yeah. I, the Lakers still obviously would have had a good shot um, you know, at being the best team against the Clippers if they got swept. But it bodes well for them. Just that little confidence, and it bodes well for the MVP picture. It does. I mean, I still think Giannis rightfully deserves to go back-to-back because of what he's done all year. But even I'll admit, if the Lakers suddenly catch the Bucks and have more victories, more wins, then it's like, well, okay, okay, you could maybe start to convince me that, uh, sure, throw your vote. Out of LeBron, because he's also going to lead the league in assists. Yeah, and that, but that, and that was. The, I mean, we were saying, oh, the Bucks are they're running away with this. They're going to flirt with seventy, of course. And like that's that's not looking the case now after dropping three or four, and again the injury. It's like they're not that far behind, and uh, then it makes it really, really, you know, interesting. It's mm. not going to be unanimous. No, that's no. a done deal. That's a wrap. Yeah. Uh, not that it matters, but uh, let's talk about you know one other thing with the Lakers that they got to be happy about Avery Bradley in this game versus the Clippers. I mean, he was like. He was sort of the Kyle Kuzma, like that third guy, the scorer, hitting a bunch of threes. I mean, he has so much spacing when all eyes are on LeBron. And then you got to worry about AD. There's going to be shots for these guys. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was awesome on Sunday, knocking down six. Yeah, I think he's been inconsistent and frustrating, though, for the Lakers this season. Um, but, yeah, he's the Bruce Bowen almost. Like, just get out right. there, hit those threes, and then play defense. And you're going to get a tough assignment because he's a good defender. Uh, but if he does, if he's hitting six yesterday, it just changes everything for the Lakers because then it gives LeBron that opportunity to be like, all right, when he's in distribution mode, if he's got confidence in guys hitting threes, that was, you know, when Cleveland, when he was at his best, it was like, right, I'm coming down, who's hitting threes? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bradley has this opportunity, but as I say, I think at times this season, he's just he's just driven the Lakers mad because he has been inconsistent. So on a they've big play, stage... They've been playing pretty well recently, though, yeah, which yeah, is a big reason he's, why he's improved. Yeah. He has improved a lot, but um, will, will he be able to maintain that yeah. in the playoffs? That's the big question. And the Clippers were up 10-5, and Lakers call timeout. Frank Vogel's like, what the heck? This is, is going to be a, a route. And then Anthony Davis comes, you know, just plays hard D, steal. Avery Bradley... It was an incredible steal, poking it from Patrick yep. Beverly, the mouth that is Patrick Beverly, that beautiful poke, and then scoring on the other end. They stepped up and they decided to play defense, and that Avery Bradley steal was was exactly what they needed. They mm-hmm. they, they they were a, a little bit more, a little tougher. You know, it's it's easy to just say, oh, this team wanted it more, but they they played 
harder for 48 minutes in this game. Yeah, and they won Bradley both games over the weekend, really, with their defense mm-hmm. uh, being the elite defense. Because, like, you were, like, even against the Bucks, we thought, well, to beat Milwaukee, you got to hit a bunch of threes. Like, that's going to really be your only chance. You're going to get a lot of them. Uh, got to knock them down. They didn't. It was a post-up they, festival. They attacked, exactly, and then they did it defensively and slowed them down, yeah. People complain about everybody playing the same. Everybody shoots threes. The Lakers have been posting up for clutch situations from the first game of the season. Like Davis and LeBron, even going against Bucks teams that have two seven-footers on the court for basically the entire game, LeBron had 11 in the fourth quarter and Anthony Davis had 14, and it was every single time down one of them was in the post working, working, working. Maybe the ball gets swung around yeah. on a double team, but I saw LeBron score on the post against Giannis. I saw LeBron score in the post against Kawhi Leonard yeah. both this weekend. Pretty impressive. Weird Paul George game mm. on Sunday, too. I mean, at times looked like the best player, maybe, of all the stars for a, a good chunk of the game, and then MIA. In the fourth quarter. I mean, what did he do? He finished with, like, two points, I think, in the fourth. That's Maybe right. even two shots yeah. mm-hmm. from in, the field. Because in the third quarter, it looked like he was taking over the game. Yeah. Uh, when he's in that, like, sort of silky smooth rhythm, he looks so good out on the court. He can get his shot off at any time. But... Whether it was the Lakers' defense or just the moment or Kawhi maybe trying to take over a little bit much in that fourth quarter, he didn't do anything. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, that was a very, very strange. And, I mean, Montrez got a lot of the ball too. You know, they were sort of going to post-ups there. He got all the free throws. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly why Paul didn't just demand the ball. Right. That's what you expect from a star like him. So, yeah. But, you know, in, again, in that moment, the, the Clippers were played a great half. LeBron took over, and, and, and sometimes that's just all it is, is that superstar who's like, I'm winning this game mm-hmm. and taking out those other players in, in a way that he does that by putting his imprint on the game. I like to know that uh, LeBron now has the imaginary crown back, too, <laughs> that's been being passed around. I think Kuzma gave it back to yeah. him, right? That is now on LeBron's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the NBA championship belt, yeah. whoever won it at the end of the last season. But I would have thought that Kawhi was the one who had the crown coming into the season. Right. So maybe, I mean, I know Giannis got it. He yeah. stole it his own his own self. Oh, uh, yeah. So he then, stole it off LeBron, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. stole yeah. it off LeBron. So I guess yeah. LeBron got it back against the Bucks with the win. Yep. But they just weren't able to honor him until <laughs> yeah, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> wanted to do it in L.A., I guess. I don't know. So you don't want to be, it sounds like, Tass, a prisoner of the moment. You still think, tell me if I'm wrong, uh, in a, let's say, a Western Conference Finals matchup, you would right now still lean towards taking the Clippers. Is that fair to say? I'm a Clipper man. Wow. What the? I'm a Clipper man. <laughs> yeah. I'm also, uh, what, how do you pronounce his name? <laughs> Uh, Jadena? Jadena. Yeah. I'm also a Jadena, man. <laughs> Big uh, fan. I always want to see him at the celebrity game, no matter if he's a one-hit wonder or not. I'm not sure. I don't really know his catalog all that well, but I want to see him there until he's 2080, and then I'm going to go to the Jadena um, Museum, no doubt. I want to, <laughs> right I wa- beside the Cash Museum. Yeah, I want to see all that memorabilia. I'll, I'll pay You'll twenty dollars per in two minutes in that <laughs> yeah. museum. That's what? his real suit from the Classic Man video. Incredible. Did you see that behind the back in the Celebrity Game in 2044? Um, yeah, I think I'm taking them. Of course, there's questions. I I don't yeah. know who they finish uh, against Anthony Davis with. Are they going to try and put Marcus Morris on him? Like, Marcus Morris was guarding LeBron towards the end of this game, and Kawhi was not, which was I, I found a little strange, and maybe that's just something that they're going to save for the playoffs, Kawhi on LeBron. But LeBron was also just too big for uh, Kawhi Leonard in this game when, when they did face off. Um, that's the question. Who's at the five for, uh, guarding Anthony Davis? Is it Marcus Morris? Like, uh, that, that, it's a tough one. Uh, I find the Lou Williams thing a little weird. Reggie Jackson taking the ball out of his hands. Yep. Um, Lou Williams not finding his flow as much in, since Reggie Jackson has come. Uh, but 
I'm betting the like the, those five guys can defend whoever's out there, even if it's Lou Williams out there, uh, a little bit better than the Lakers, and it's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be a great series. Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't know. It just it, this is happening. <laughs> They're playing each other. I, I'm, yeah, because they do Let's see him. So. They do see him uh, with some of the other teams behind them struggling a little bit as well. Or are you not having uh, you know a hundred percent confidence in uh, some of these squads, be it the Rockets or the Jazz and Nuggets, who look great at sometimes and then they look like they're garbage at other times. It's just like the Clippers and Lakers just feel like on the next level, and mm. it's and you know I'm like, I'm obviously projecting that I hope they play each other, but I feel like even they know there's like an understanding on each side, like yeah we're gonna a be bit. we're gonna be battling here. This is gonna be a war, and it's gonna be hilarious. With yeah, or is it just all Lakers fans in there? Are there any Clippers fans filling the arena, be it a home or away game? I think one good thing for the Lakers going into the playoffs is that they're gonna face the eight seed, and the Memphis Grizzlies are the easiest team to face, if it is Memphis or New Orleans. They're the easiest team to face in the Western Conference playoff picture. And so we see this two-game spurt from LeBron where he is the best player on the floor, undoubtedly. He's the best player in the world this weekend. Yeah. And so he can save it a little bit more for the later rounds than the Clippers who are going to have to face a Mavericks team. You know, they're going to have to find something or, you know, Rockets team running up and down. Rockets, Thunder, or Mavericks. Yeah, that's a tougher team. That's a tougher matchup. And now I think the Western Conference playoff picture, we can get into it later, is a little bit more interesting now that uh, maybe the Rockets and the Jazz aren't playing. The Jazz could, or the Rockets are in a good spot to upset the Nuggets even if they're playing. So there's, there's lots to shake out there. But I think LeBron's legs, we came into the season saying that LeBron is ready to pass the torch in terms of regular season MVP. Maybe in a playoff series, he's still the best player in the world up against Kawhi and and Giannis. Uh, We'll we'll see. But 82-game stretch, it's tough. It's tough for a 35-year-old. But he showed it in this weekend, and he is preserving himself for the playoffs a little bit. Uh, And that bodes well when you're facing the Memphis Grizzlies, who they should... They should mop. He looks the healthiest he's looked oh, in a yeah. long damn time. It looks like that time off, not making the playoffs and, uh, you know, not doing anything in the Whining summer. and dining. Yeah. yeah. Looked like it's helped. He's, you know, over the weekend he goes for 65 points, 17 assists, 15 boards, 3 steals in the 72 minutes against two of the best teams in the league. Yeah, Giannis can still be the MVP, but you're not convincing me that LeBron is still not the best player in the world. In one game or one series? 100%. It's It's... As much as I love Giannis, as much as I love Kawhi, it uh, it appears that it is still LeBron yeah. when he's, of course, looking 100% healthy. He is just like, I'm going to attack every time here, and you're either going to run two or three guys at me, and then I'm maybe one of the best passers, or I am one of the best passers still in the world, or I'm just going to bully my way there because mm. I'm stronger and bigger and than That's you. the thing. You wonder why he just doesn't do that sort of more often during the game. You know, he did it late in the fourth quarter there when the game was there to be yeah, one. He but just picks a spot. I know, I know he does. And sometimes the only thing, the only, his only weakness is hitting free throws. Still. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. do a hack of LeBron, get yeah. his head somehow. Oh, I mean, it's he's thirty-five. It's hard to do it. Yeah, he's even even if you said you say like he is the best player in a seven-game series, it's tough for anybody. You watched Kawhi in the playoffs last year to guard the best player on the other team for the yeah. the whole series, and so LeBron was doing it a bit, but Kawhi. Couldn't do it in the playoffs last year. He, you know, he was tasked to try and do it against Giannis after a few games of not having to do it. Like they were, you got to preserve these guys. It's yeah. just too hard. It's yeah. too hard to say, "Hey, LeBron." It's the typical Twitter fan. Just go downhill. It's too hard. It's it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. can't. You can't. It's physically impossible. There is no robot in the NBA, and he gets tired. You get. I know it sounds dumb and simple, but it's true. Lakers, big winner of the weekend. Uh, Lee, who you got? Well, we sort of talked about it there. Uh, I'm more very happy personally for this reason that Joakim Noah 
is going to be back in the league. Is he signed a, a 10-day apparently with the Clippers? It's not. I don't think it's official yet. I think he's got to pass the medical. But uh, this really is a sign that the Clippers know they need some depth in that big position. And, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, like Zubats against the Rockets could exploit it because there's no big man. Yeah, yeah. But this is going to be the question going up against a Davis and perhaps a Jokic as well for the Clippers. Just a big body. And Noah, at least, like he's, he played last year in Memphis and he's been out of the league for a long time and he hasn't been that dominant player he was five years ago. But you know you're going to get effort and energy in the 10 minutes that he plays a night, if he even right. plays that. So he's so more... So you think Noah can contribute to well, this Well, again, I, I think... In, in the right series. I, I think when the Clippers look at the, the what they have in the center position and what's out there, they go, okay, well, we know that this guy's at least going to come out there and give everything he's got for five minutes. He can rebound. He can defend. He's a body. Um, I follow his Instagram account. He's in great shape. <laughs> yeah, we know you're in love with Joaquin Noah, man. I am. No, but I, I'm just happy that he's getting another chance as well to see. I thought he was fine in Memphis last yeah. season as well. Yeah. Um, you surprised a lot of people. You know, if you're picking up a guy at this stage of the season on a 10 day, you're not looking for him to go out there and. God, I would hope not. No, play 25 minutes and yeah. be one of your best players. You're looking for a guy who can come out there and, okay, when Davis is on a roll last night and, and you, you know, again, you've got Zubats and Montrez. Joke him. See if you can just at least get a body on him. Yeah. Stay with him. Do what you can. Box out. Tap the ball out. And that's what I think he at least gives the Clippers because they know going into a series against the Lakers, they are shorthanded yeah. in the middle. So, so you're happy he's back. I'm just thrilled that he's just back. Just happy. Too. Just can't I'm wait to see the Instagram The most post. handsome guy in the NBA, according <laughs> to Leo. He is very, very handsome. But also, you're going to get a Still couple of... Still disagree with that. Uh, but come on, man. He's got a cool look. He's, got a, he's got a unique look. I'm he's not, not a traditionally s- handsome man, no. but he's got a look. He, he, yeah, he, he's he's a stylish dude, man. <laughs> um, but but again, what, what I think uh, with him is, you know, he's, he's at least the sort of player who you know is going to go out there and work his and ass compete. off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and that's what the Clippers need right now. They need some... He's another six fouls for them as well. Great. I didn't look at his Instagram account, but uh, from Joe Varden's article on The Athletic, um, Joakim Noah was at the arena. Yep. Yes. Taking in the game, 16 rows up. Was he showing the broadcast? I don't know. I don't remember. Not, I saw a photo of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, okay. Zach Harper yeah, had a photo of him. He yeah. looked like dressed like Trey Kirby. Yeah. I mean, he looked cool. That's, See, what, I, that's yeah. what I mean. That's, that's what I was like getting, Trey, Trey's more handsome than Joakim Noah. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. But that's, I'm honestly trying to get on his level. I've tried to have Joakim Noah hair for like 10 years, and finally yeah. we're getting close. That's what I was going to ask about, what he was wearing. He was wearing a knit sweater, yeah. according to Joe yeah, Varden, with a, with a palm tree. Yeah, and his hair flowing from under his New York stocking cap. <laughs> uh, once you see a Tass, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, Trey would wear that." Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look fine. He's got his own style, no doubt. I just Absolutely. think. I just don't think his face is all that handsome. Come on. I know you're into his body. I mean, yeah. you're always pointing out that. And the guy's still in great shape. I'm just, you know, and I saw a lot of people agreeing with me on Twitter, by the way, or at least going back at you. Like, come on, he's not that handsome. Like, yeah, but it's it's a special type of like. It's unique. Yeah, it is unique. I, he could I be just, a model for I, sure. He, that's the thing. He's like David Beckham. I think you put anything on him and he could look at, make it look stylish. Okay. 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 Yeah, see, I'm not it, even I think, oh, this is a cool sweater. <laughs> see? <laughs> oh, this is a wicked sweater. I think Lee is in love with uh, Joakim's dad, Yannick Noah, yeah, historically. He is. he is. As a tennis player and a ten- tennis savant that Lee is. Yes. You've always loved him. So I think you love uh, the, the, the lifestyle that maybe a Noah lives too i think you, yeah uh, the stickity ickity oh yeah. yeah just free spirit I <laughs> he's, think, you know. he's definitely a free spirit hanging yeah. with laird yannick won the uh yannick won the french open in 1983 there and, we go joe kim was born nine months later no no not that close but <laughs> not far after uh all right so you got noah unfortunately Lee, the clippers sealed their fate by signing joe kim noah oh and four oh. against lebron in the playoffs oh yeah oh. actually mm, that's, that's uh one of my all-time favorite bulls but yeah couldn't get over the hump 
Yeah. That's my mate That's would a say. Point. He's a bit of an Al Horford against LeBron, really, isn't he? Just, a, a little bit. Yeah. There's a lot of Al Horfords mm. in the Eastern Conference mm. from back in the day. But if he riles him up, like if we get a classic Noah heckling LeBron moment again in the playoffs, it's all worth it. And you know he's going to hit a mid-ranger and the celebration's going to be awesome. Mm. You know, he's, he's going to have the hair going, the face going, the hands going. <laughs> the face he's going to put the pistols <laughs> away. Uh, I think he's Does he still do I the pistols? I thought the pistols. he brought them back once. Maybe he did. Like crazy. All right, uh, you have another big guy as a winner. <laughs> oh, my kick. God. What a weekend it was for Aaron Baines. All right. Friday what night. What the, the Suns in general? Yeah, the Suns. Friday night, Aaron Baines goes for nine threes against the Portland Trailblazers. Five in the first quarter, including a step back. That was ins- <laughs> that was legit insane. Like, it's weird to see a guy that big do a is, pretty damn good looking step back. That wasn't an accidental step back. Oh, no, no, no. That was practice. <laughs> that was, and he knocked it in. Uh, just an incredible performance. Now, the nine threes on the surface are great. But if you scratch that surface a little more, it gets even better. He had three screen assists, oh which led to three more oh three-pointers. No. Easy, nerder, she wrote. Come on. And he had a regular assist, which led to another three-pointer. So Aaron Baines was responsible for 13 three-pointers on Friday night. So I'm saying, I'm putting him under Clay Thompson. Clay's got the most with 14. Baines is right there with Steph at 13 for most threes wow. made in the game. I'm giving him credit for those because uh, he was incredible. But, you know, the thing about Aaron Baines, like all jokes aside, is... When he came into the league, you know, in the, uh, the, with the Spurs, I thought he's going to be a, a role player, a backup player, and never really, you know, have a significant impact on this league. Right. I think he has just proven if you work so hard and you increase your game and you add to your game, you can become an effective player. We know he's been dunked on a dozen times, but I love the fact that he, <laughs> no, but the fact that he never backs away. If a guy's coming down the paint, he's challenging, even if he gets dunked on by Giannis again or close to it. And now the fact that he's added this three-pointer to his game, because it's it's a reasonable shot for him now. It's not like, oh, he's never going to hit another it's three. It's such a weird-looking three. I, not pretty. I actually hate this. I hate so that he made so many threes because I hate the way he shoots. Yeah. Yeah. It does not look like an NBA player. <laughs> like the step back looks smoother than his regular jumper. Yeah. To me. Yeah, it just has the ball like very far above behind his head, and then he sort of shot puts <laughs> yeah, it in a very weird, weird way. Yeah, even, hey, uh, even his footwork is weird because he, he kicks that right foot yeah. into his shot. Yeah, he's always almost like falling over the line as he shoots. Yeah, but again, you know, when I compare him to another Australian, Ben Simmons, it's like, come on, Ben, <laughs> oh, surely, man, wow, set some screen assists. <laughs> yeah. no, but I mean, come like, on. this you're, just you're come like, on. If Bainsy can hit a three, why can't but Simba? If, if he, if, like, he's shooting 58. <laughs> he's made 58 on 161, 36% from three. Right. This so you, season. That's, so, you, so you think Ben Simmons should be able to replicate that? I just that think he should easily. be able to at least shoot more than, you know, he's made two for <laughs> yeah, his career. But um, swerve. I didn't see you going but, there. But, but, but it just frustrates me because, like I say, with Baines, is, is I don't think anyone really saw this growth and development, except when you watch him play for Australia, he is a brilliant player for Australia. And now he's actually showing in the NBA. It's like... He can be like imagine him on the Clippers right now. Yeah, it's true. You know, it, it is weird that he wasn't able to be pried away. No one could pry him away mm. from the Phoenix Suns' dead hands at the <laughs> uh, at the trade deadline, right? Yeah. No, yeah, somebody would love him. I mean, he was the Joel Embiid stopper for the Celtics for a long time, and Anthony Davis would you know burn him uh, using yeah, but his it, speed. It, but still, they would desperately want him. And he can spread the floor. You know, that's the thing. He gives you at least that option. I He's think, playing himself to a nice, juicy yeah. contract. Too. He's a free agent at 33 years of age on, in a year where there aren't a lot of free agents out there. He'll get some uh, yeah. some Australian dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I just, again, I just respect the fact that, you know, like all, we always talk about superstars. They always add to their game. 
and he continues to improve mm -hmm. at this stage of his career, and I think that's admirable. Are they going to work in the offseason together, Bainesy and Simbo? <laughs> oh, well, they should. They should. <laughs> the perfect one, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe and they should trade Embiid for Baines. <laughs> Finally get an actual big man who can shoot out there. <laughs> that's a good idea. Why not? Why not? Yeah, the Suns had two Woe Boys this yeah. weekend. You had Bainesy uh, on that night, and then uh, following it up with a pretty tricky Ricky going for 25, 13, and 13. Some Nash-like numbers coming out of Rubio there in the desert and the suns got some wins Nash like numbers yeah i think he was the last player to do that for the suns oh, to wow. put up uh that type of weird triple double Nash with the 13s 13s i never thought Nash yeah rebounds. that many rebounds yeah don't quote me on that yeah you can go ahead and shoot <laughs> yeah, fact check me because i'm, I'm sure. not 100 <laughs> percent. i feel like I, I feel like i half-ass saw a tweet <laughs> saying that's that all you need uh, all you one need. tweet you may have seen what do you got trey for uh, winner of the weekend winner of the weekend goes to the dallas mavericks we know they're one of the best for in arena entertainment but they have locked it down because we were talking about getting on the jumbotron earlier and how there needs to be an industry standard of being able to download your video from the jumbotron so you don't have to take your phone out and try and take a picture of it just right. act like you were acting to get on the jumbotron have some fun that's why the mavs has, have launched mavs.com slash great name Jumbo FOMO. That's a great name. You don't want to <laughs> miss out on seeing yourself on the Jumbotron, but you still got to have the fun. So go to Mavs.com slash Jumbo FOMO, and you can download your clip from any game. Now, it is a little bit tough. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you know like when your clip okay, was? Okay, so yeah, that's the question. You, you click for your game, you click download your clip, and then they have a Vimeo. These are all Vimeo links. Shout out to Vimeo. It's back, baby. Yeah, yeah. Vimeo. <laughs> the Basketball Jones days. Vimeo. And you can just scroll through, I don't know, for the New Orleans games, they've got 40, basically 40 videos of people going wild. On the Jumbotron, I guess you they must be in chronological order, order yeah. a little bit. So maybe you just kind of look for yourself to be in here. Maybe they edit it quite well so that you're seeing yourself in the screenshot. But you download it, and you got your clip forever. Don't ever have to pull your phone out. And well, let me guess. They probably put a nice smart watermark or something on it, right? You got so to. then when you share it to social, it's right there. Man, that's... That's brilliant. I mean, that's what we Very were talking smart. about. Exa yep. That's exactly what Jumbo we were talking about. Jumbo FOMO. Thanks to Conrad Burry for uh, alerting us to... This existence. But, yeah, it's also funny because you can just look at every single fan at every single game that you ever wanted to. Right. I don't know this guy. I'm going to download his <laughs> clip, and I'm going to have it forever. If you look like a fool, somebody out there could be downloading this. Yeah, okay. Uh, I got a bunch of mini winners, and you guys can jump in here and uh, agree or disagree. I'm going to give one of the Pelicans, who got basically two gotta-have-em type of wins over the weekend to stay within striking distance of the 8 seed. They beat the Heat, and they followed it up by beating the Wolves. Now, it wasn't pretty. Um, you know, especially that Sunday game versus Minnesota, they had 25 turnovers, mm. <laughs> gave, a, gave that ball up a lot. But you had the, the Zoda Zion lobs, Drew Holiday oh. having a monster game going for 37. Um, and here they are, you know, they're still four games back. Those are Grizzlies. They had to have those victories. I, I still don't think they're ultimately going to do it, even though 538 has the Pelicans at a 62% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, they had dipped below 50% last week. I saw Ziller right. But they're, they're still there. I know. It's, they're four uh, games back. Very strange how high it is. They have an easy schedule. Yeah. It's a big part of it. And, um, you know, I think the Grizzlies have a much more difficult schedule. But they're still they're still four back. They had to have those. They're a win. Yeah, that win against the Wolves is huge, of course, because yeah. they lost one They had lost. Home. Yeah, that's right. And how big could that one now be, yeah, potentially? Yeah. But, of course, who knows? In the grand scheme of things, these things even out. But, man, that was one that they should have had. I'm not buying this 538 business. Go ahead. <laughs> well, they've never been wrong with their predictions before. <laughs> never. This is going to be the first time. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Um, this one, winner of the weekend, it came from a fan on Twitter. Uh, the Jeremy Perez, he tweeted in, 
Can't wait to see the No Dunks crew give the Orlando Magic a winner of the weekend mention. So there's your mention. I mean, I couldn't get all that excited. <laughs> they they beat the Wolves and the Rockets. Okay, it was a, a dominant win against the Rockets, and they are still in the eighth seed. They're still uh, they have one more loss than the Nets, but okay. I mean, uh, there was there was no there, you know they're not falling out of the playoffs. The Wizards ain't catching them. The Bulls ain't catching them. The Hornets ain't catching them. Um, they're gonna be jockeying between the Nets for the seventh or eighth seed. So you're either gonna be losing to the Bucks or you're gonna be losing to the Raptors, I guess. Um, but okay, sure. It's got to yeah. be fun, I, okay. I guess, going up against <laughs> a, Houston, a Houston Rockets team. I think for any team, that just gives them a little bit of extra motivation. Like, oh, yeah, let's let's go big boy this team. Let's go, let's go yeah, beat them on the boards. That's, they I, absolutely did that. You're right. Yeah. And that's, that was weird. That was, those were weird highlights, seeing the Magic mm-hmm. score a lot of points. Uh, so Orlando Magic, there you go, Jeremy Perez. Um, Duncan Robinson. Let's give him a winner of the weekend. I, I know the, the Heat did lose a game, but... This guy on Friday goes 8 for 14 on three-pointers versus the Pelicans. And then on Sunday, he goes 7 for 11 on three-pointers in a win versus the Wizards. He is averaging 25 points per game over the last three contests, shooting 65% from deep on 12.3 attempts per game <laughs> from behind the line. Any screen assists? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, not a impressed. Lot of screen assists. <laughs> <This> is, uh, <laughs> he is automatic right now. Definitely. It is fun to watch. Uh, so little love for him for a winner of the weekend. And finally, Dennis Schroeder stealing the score with less than oh. 10 seconds to go against cool. the Celtics. They stole the game. Yeah. Legit stole the game. CP3 playing great defense on Kemba. Here comes Schroeder. Kemba didn't see him. Clean strip. Got the ball. Just calmly laid it in. No panic at all. And uh, OKC got the win, and they you know rise up the Western Conference standings a little bit more. He contributed 27 off the bench. We, I mean, I you know I said it a little bit or a couple weeks ago, I guess, on Twitter. I think we talked about it here on the show too. He's he's winning six man of the year. Yeah, I don't. There's not really a case to be made for anyone else, in my opinion. He's the the numbers he's contributing off the bench to a winning you know team. He plays clutch minutes like he's similar like to Lou Williams when he was winning it for all those years in terms of the numbers and being sort of one of like the go to guys. I know Chris Paul you know is going to dance on big man and hit his jumper every time, but. Shooter's right there. Yep. I think he's winning it. And Reggie's taken uh, Reggie Jackson has taken a bit of this uh, yeah, steam out, out of uh, Lou Williams' case as well because yeah. his numbers are gone down. With Reggie's the ball handler in that second unit a lot of the time. It's weird. It's weird to me not seeing that talented Lou, sweet Lou, with the ball as much. So there's a bunch of winners from the very busy NBA weekend. Tell us if we missed any. You're right about the Steve Nash line. He had 12, 13, and 12 oh, there you once go. upon wow, a time. Wow, wow, wow. He had 13 rebounds. Yeah, that's I wild. Went, I went through every game look <laughs> uh, in the last 10 minutes or so. Yeah, it's it's strange because he had a 13-rebound game, and then the next highest one he ever had was 10, it seems like, according to the game logs. Ball was just falling into his lap. Yeah, that, that was a nice night. Rebounds are actually pointless. We put too much stock in. Ain't that the truth? Uh, all right. Before we get to the losers of the NBA weekend, a little love to the companies that help make this podcast a reality. Guys, it's 2020. Delivery is more than just pizza and wings. With a selection of your favorite flavors from across the globe, you can order cuisine from the comfort of your living room with DoorDash. Just last week, I was craving a curry. So what did I do? I hit up the DoorDash app and had a beautiful biryani delivered in less than 25 minutes. Wow. You know, I had some naan bread on the side too. That's one of my top five breads. It was delicious. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> Why is it great? You can use it at the start and the end of a meal. It's fantastic. 
Oh, Oreo. Oh, non that's non bread. Non bread. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant DoorDash. Yeah. Oh. Sure, sure. Order a dessert. Why not? <laughs> yeah, because you can you can start off by having it plain, and then you're mopping up the leftovers oh, yeah, at the no, end. No. It's fantastic. It's a spoon. Versatile. It's really a spoon. It really is a spoon. <laughs> Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to, to you wherever you are like I was. With door-to-door -door <laughs> delivery in all 50 U.S. states, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite restaurants like Bojanic, Canton, Buddha, or La Parrilla. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NODUNKS. That's five bucks off your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code NODUNKS. Don't forget, Tass. I won't. That code is... NODUNKS. For $5 off your... First order. With DoorDash. When they delivered that sweet curry to you... Yes. Do you go out to the road to pick it up or do you let them actually bring it right to your door? I go out to the road. Okay. Yes. Nice of you. Interesting. Yes. Eh? Yeah, I prefer to go out to the road. <laughs> prefer? Why? Yeah. You don't want them, you don't want them see in your living room? <laughs> <You know. laughs> I prefer to meet them uh, in a neutral zone. <laughs> okay. It's interesting because you'd always let a pizza person, a pizza delivery person come to your door, right? Yeah, but things have changed yeah. with yeah. these food delivery apps. Yeah, yeah I, I do the same Yeah. with, the, with all these delivery apps. Yeah. Uh, um, food apps like Tess said yeah I go out I meet them yeah I tell them a place a block away I don't uh, want them to even have any idea where yeah. I'm eating this meal <laughs> I send them to Lee's house and I go pick it there'll up there'll be a guy there in his boxers well you might not get your naan bread if it comes to me <laughs> The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear a suit or a tuxedo for their big day did you know the black tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? Turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these actual one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. First review, go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible, unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. Oh, Actually, a good costume. <laughs> your grandpa. Second review, we felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. You don't want any bad vibes associated with yeah, your wedding. I have to agree with that. But what I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. You just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. If online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code DUNKS. That's theblacktux.com. Code DUNKS for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux. Formal wear for the moment. JD, you had a good experience with the Black Tux, did you not? Oh, yeah. I love it. What was that for? Um... It was for the NBA Awards. Oh, that's yeah, right. that's right. And I don't own a suit. Look at me. <laughs> Buying a suit. I The last suit I bought was for my wedding, and I bought it like a fool paid for it it's sitting in my closet i haven't worn it since that day you really? wow. what is it a it's a up... it's an actual tux 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, look That's at you. pretty cool. But, you know, it was Fancy. way fatter back then. I'm not going to get it tailored. I'm just going to go to the Black Tux. <laughs> yeah, smart. Get something that fits. Very, very smart. Get fitted and kitted at theblacktux.com. <laughs> Code dunks. dunks. Yeah, that part's weird. We're going with dunks on that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. uh, Well, we had a pretty obvious winner of the weekend. I feel like we got the same for losers of the NBA weekend. Loser of the weekend, the Brooklyn Nets, who agreed to mutually part ways with Kenny Atkinson. Nothing like a mutual agreement to part ways with 20 games left in the season. There's been a ton of reporting on this from Sham Sharanya at The Athletic. There's been a bunch from Vincent Goodwill at uh, Yahoo Sports. Still don't totally know what's going on, but basically what it sounds like is a Jerry Sloan situation when he finally was done with Utah. He doesn't, it seems like Kenny Atkinson didn't like the stars that came in, in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, plus some of the other players who they acquired over the summer, and DeAndre DeAndre Jordan, and even some of the players that were left behind in a Spencer Dinwiddie. Also seems like all those new guys didn't necessarily like the everybody eats sort of mentality that was the reason they came to Brooklyn in the first place. So very strange that this happened when it happened, and especially after a huge win. Yeah. And then they went out and got another win. Yeah, they had that big bounce-back win versus the Spurs, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, are a playoff team and had beaten like Toronto and Boston and Indiana over the last month, like had some quality wins. And then, yeah, for him to uh, mutually agree to part ways, slash you're fired. That's the interesting thing. Vincent Goodwill reports that a league source told Yahoo Sports Kenny pushed for the parting just as much, if not more, than Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, okay, what, what do you think? I mean, the fact that Kyrie Irving played 20 games and Kevin Durant's played zero really makes it even weirder because how could they have even clashed that much to the point where Kenny doesn't even want to be around? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, in the uh, they had a, a big meeting where they uh... – Aired it all out after Wednesday's loss to the Grizzlies. Right. And apparently a lot of the players, not not anyone specific, not the star specifically, were asking Kenny Atkinson to lay out the hierarchy f- for the team a little bit better. And maybe it's because he wanted to coach an everybody eats type of team and everybody's just fall into their role a little bit. Or maybe, you know, from the other side, maybe he has trouble leading a team with superstars. And and but, the but that's the least that's, point yeah. is he hasn't really led the nah. team with superstars because the superstars really aren't playing. Yeah, they play, the yeah. Part. yeah Kyrie play, played 20 games, yeah. and 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 maybe they were struggling, you know, in, integrating him into the lineup. I, I, I would think that that's sort of the, the issue, not only from the front office pers- perspective, but from his perspective too. Like, I'm having trouble dealing with this with all these stars, and you're obviously seeing that I'm having trouble not integrating everybody. And so – According to Sham Sharanya, an offseason dismissal was inevitable. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Well, yeah, yeah I, I find that strange. Right, and so, so then maybe if that's the case and Kenny sees the writing on the wall and he's not loving it anyway, he's like, well, there's going to be a bunch of coaching opportunities that are going to open up, if not already open, like, you know, the Knicks, that I'll be, like, the first to the ball, you know? Like, then I'll be one of the the, the elite names out sure. there and I'll get to pick the team where I want, right? Is that yeah. fair to assume? I think so. And, uh, but I do think in most coaching situations, we say it's there's 30 jobs in this league. Why wouldn't he just hang on and try and tr- – let's say he actually had a say in this mutually discussed endeavor here. Yeah. Uh, he, I, uh, you would think he would want to stay on. But I would think watching him, just, just listening to him over the last few years, he is a guy who is brutally honest – and who would say, I'm having trouble coaching this team. It's not working for me. This, this superstar thing isn't really working for me. 
And maybe he actually wanted uh, just to get the heck away. <laughs> and, yeah. and because he is a player development guy and maybe he struggled with this as well. So maybe, maybe if a lot of the time it's a, it's a bunch of hooey when they say mutually agreed upon agreement, but I don't you, know. You sort of buy a little it? bit. Yeah. I am buying this one because of the, just Kenny Atkinson's uh, demeanor in this situation. But, but Sean Marks also said in the, in his post game or press conference or in his, post-firing press conference, I guess I should call it, uh, that... Uh, Post-mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. That it, a lot of it was on Sean Mark was Sean Mark's decision as well. And so it wasn't just Kenny, that's for sure. Yeah, he mm. said, yeah, Mark said repeatedly that the team needed a new voice and that there were never any blow-ups in the locker room, just healthy debates. <laughs> um, but then they agreed on this, that he would move on. But the funny thing was, one of their biggest wins was that comeback against the Celtics where Levert had 51. And apparently, according to that article on The Athletic, saying at halftime, yeah. Kenny... So the team almost like rallied around their coach in that respect. Right. You know, that they were able to come back and pull off one of the most remarkable victories of the season. So that, to me says that they actually do have their coaches back. You know, because but, like you, you, instead, yeah. they, then they lose the next night at home by to the Grizzlies by 39. So it's like, okay, that can happen on the second night of a back-to-back. But in that environment in Boston, tough place to win. You know, potentially might see these guys in the playoffs at some point. And Kenny was able to get them to come back by just riding a guy like Karis LeVert, who he's really brought along well. Weird, very weird to me that then things were the opposite. That like there was some division and they needed a new voice. Because normally you, I would see that as the big loss where they just like the team doesn't even try. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how much does this have to do with DeAndre Jordan? Well, like him, like hey, you said I was going to start when I came here, and then now Jared Allen starts, and then what happens immediately after Kenny is gone? Jor- Jordan starts again. Jacques Vaughn says you're starting. Yeah. His and name then is coming up. He's a lot obviously in the best buddies sure. with Kyrie and KD and the whole reason they're all there. I don't like I'm I think there's gotta be something to that. But this hierarchy too, it speaks to that. It's like, what is you know, what is the hierarchy? I thought I was told I was gonna be the guy. And I'm not agreeing. I don't think DeAndre Jordan actually should be starting over Jared Allen. But uh, I could see why someone like him maybe is upset about it. Well, yeah, uh, especially if he feels like when I signed, they told me I was yeah. gonna start and he feels like there's a little switch o change on him, but if the reason that Kenny Atkinson is gone is because of Spencer Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan, then there's something seriously wrong with the Nets because those are both role-player guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dinwiddie was close to the All-Star game. DeAndre Jordan is a former All-Star. He probably will never get back there again, but I don't really think that, you know, a couple of sixth and seventh men are really calling the shots right. there. Uh, you should subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash nodunks where you can read this sentence from Sean Serrania. Perhaps the most critical thing of all happened. Sources say Durant chimed in, pointing out the Nets must improve their habits and that they're not building the proper culture traits necessary for a title contender. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of the players were like displeased with Atkinson's communication levels. Like, yeah, in terms of who's, what are we doing here? Who's starting? Or what are the roles? Mm-hmm. That's what that keeps coming up in that Shams article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. Uh, it, strange though. It's like when we played pickup in New York in 2015, and uh, Coach Nick f- f- came out and said, as as we were taking the floor. What are we running here? <laughs> we had we had just met each other. <laughs> we had no idea what we were we running in this pickup run that it was on Sunday morning of All Star Weekend. Everybody's we're just, hung over. We're just trying to get through here, Coach Nick. <laughs> just trying to get a sweat on. Uh, Coach Nick told me I was starting. First thing I know, I'm sitting there on the bench. What, <laughs> Coach Nick? What are we doing here, Coach Nick? So of course we had a players only meeting. <laughs> yeah, it was gone before the start of the second pickup game. You put on your cool hat <laughs> and you said, "Hey, reporter, that question is bull." <laughs> 
do you think it, it is interesting? DeAndre Jordan speaking for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant because they're not True. part of the media, and so like right. they're not doing regular media sessions, and so DeAndre is. Speaking as if he was Kyrie or Kevin Durant, like, a little it, bit, it's, it's and a, he's very personable usually. usually and he was yeah. a little, if you saw some of his, uh, you know, more recent, you know, post game scrums or whatever you want to call them, yeah, he was a little more prickly. I thought a little more direct, less jovial mm-hmm. for a, for a DJ. Um, but it's <laughs> weird. I mean, you are a playoff team. That's the strange part. And I just like I don't think that KD and Kyrie are like fire him. We don't want him. But it sounds like, you know. Marks either sees it or Kenny Atkinson sees it that your voice is losing ground in the locker room, and it's always t- I think it's nearly impossible for these guys to get it back once you've lost you know the confidence maybe in, in your yeah. fr- from your players, and that they that maybe Marks goes to them and goes, yeah I'm thinking about making this move and I might just do it now, and they were probably like okay they weren't like, <laughs> if you say like so, Sean. here's the point if they wanted him to be coach, he's coach. He's still coach. Like yes. if KD goes, what are you talking about? I came here. Yeah. You know, I watched the YouTube clips before I signed with the Nets, and I was really impressed with Kenny Atkins. That's exactly what he said. Um, no, don't fire him. Like, let me get back, and I like we like him. Whatever. If they had said that, then Marks is not firing them, or ownership is not moving on. But they obviously didn't say that. Yeah. They didn't care enough. They're like, all right, yeah. That's why this season was a bit of a gap year anyway for the Nets. Until you see them with Kyrie and Kevin at full strength, it was hard to really see that they weren't going to be better than they were last year. I didn't think. I thought they were going to be around about where they are. You know, in the playoffs, yeah. a good team, but certainly not one of the top four teams. But when they get Kyrie and Kevin next season, you expect them to be in the top two or three immediately. Whoever's coaching. So, yeah, very weird that it's uh, for, sort of fallen away like this. Okay, so who's it going to be? I mean, Jacques mm. Vaughn is obviously the interim head coach. I can't imagine. You know, um, uh, you know, outside of. Uh, the Nets upsetting the Raptors of the Bucks, maybe in a first-round series and suddenly putting up a fight in the second round. Like, outside of that happening, I can't imagine Jacques Vaughn is the coach for the future here with the Nets currently constructed as they are. Who do you think it's going to be? And is that a part of this? It, like, you know, I tweeted that out. Is, does Sean Marks know that there's somebody that's going to be stepping into this role come the summer? And, and, and Kenny was like, I'm ready to move on because I want another job. And it's like, oh, it's going to be Coach X or it's going to be Coach Y. And this is sort of the plan here? Do you think uh, there's one coach uh, more impressive or more interesting than another? Uh, I mean, I have no idea exactly who Sean Marks wants in that role, you know, but it's got to be someone who has respect, I guess, and maybe has uh, a record in the NBA of... of okay, what about Ty Lue then? Sure, yeah. I what mean, Tyree, Ty, uh, Kyrie and Ty were obviously together in Cleveland, mm-hmm. um, so I guess he's, he, he certainly wants the coach as a head coach again. He was offered the Lakers job, but they couldn't agree to terms, so yeah, he has the respect. Um I agree. It's somebody that's coached superstars before. I think that is high, high, high on the priority list here. And so Jacques Vaughn is unlikely to last till next year. People love Ty Lue when when he coached with the Cleveland Cavaliers and won that championship. And I'm sure Kyrie loves him right now. So I would would see that as a fit. He almost coached the Lakers. He's going to get another job. That would make sense to me from this perspective. Yeah, who else is really even out there? I mean, Thibodeau doesn't seem like a guy that they would bring in. No. Jason Kidd, uh, maybe. <laughs> Ended pretty poorly in yep. Brooklyn the first time around. Yeah, new uh, ownership, though. So yeah, definitely true. Definitely true. Um, uh, Mark Jackson is always. Mark Jackson around. is in the mix, but if you want somebody with a title record, Ty Lue seems like the guy. Yeah. I, I, if I was a, a betting man, I would be putting money on yeah. that it will be Ty Lue this summer. What about another Kenny? Kenny Smith? Oh, come on. <laughs> 
Just because just you need another penny. Knicks. He's going to be a coach in the Knicks, man. <laughs> Front office and coach of the Knicks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that'd be fascinating. <laughs> yeah, and um, I guess Van Gundy's name is always thrown around yeah, anytime none there's of those, a None of those retreads number. really excite me like that. No. You know? <laughs> no, they don't. I mean, Thibodeau, I can't see Thibodeau's style mashing, meshing with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. No, exactly. no I can't know. see that. I, I can't see Mark Jackson either really meshing with those guys. Um, Ty Lue. Yes, yeah. because he's also gone from being the assistant sort of to move up, and then they obviously won the championship there uh, in 2016, so he has that success. But, you know, I, I, a Van Gundy, no, I, I, no, I can't I w- see that. Let's, uh, let's make it Fisdale. He coaches the Nets, and then we'll give Kenny Atkinson to the Knicks. Mm, sure. And see what happens there. Yeah. I mean, maybe Fisdale might be a, a better fit there. I don't know. I, I'd like him better than those other guys. I'll throw one more name at you, even though he is still coaching. Mike D'Antoni possible why not i mean he'll be available i think so right um yeah i mean you know he's just gonna say you know what kevin and Kyrie, go for it go crazy you can both average 35 a game you know they'd probably like that (laughs) i think they would love that i think they would absolutely love that and even then you might get spencer averaging 25 a game in that system uh yeah it was was, it's just bizarre timing yes we, we don't see this often for a playoff team no, I mean, That's I guess... going in with very low de- low expectations because their stars aren't playing. David yeah. Blatt was the last time in, Sac- in uh, Cleveland when they were 31-10 and 10 and he got fired. Right, right, I mean, right. that's the only one that I can really... I mean, Thibodeau got fired after a win last season. Was that last season or the one before? No, it was last season, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Was that last season? <laughs> yeah, because uh, Ryan Saunders took over yeah, halfway. Yeah, feels longer. Um, now, they, were they a playoff team? Well, you know, right. maybe, maybe not, but... Uh, Blatt is the last one, you know, where... And that felt like it was more coming from the players, too. Yeah. So. I'm going to give a loser of the weekend. We mentioned it off the top there, really. Slipped it in. The Milwaukee Bucks. They're a loser of the weekend. They lost They lost sort of a lot, actually, when you look at it this weekend. They lost two consecutive regular season games for the first time in a year. Regular season. The key word there. We know what happened with the Raptors <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> Four straight, baby. Um, they lost Giannis for a few games after he suffered the knee injury in Friday night's game against those Lakers. Um, he missed Sunday's game versus Phoenix, which they lost, and he will miss tonight's game versus the Nuggets, and we'll go from there. Looks scary. Looked bad. Then he bounced up, and then you're like, okay, he's uh, you know, he's LeBron-like where he is sort of superhuman. And then they do the MRI, and it's a minor – what is it? I forget the actual term, but uh, joint capsule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something. A, ruined yeah. his joint capsule. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, not mm. the joint capsule. Uh, but you don't know. Like now they're, – and they're so clear of the Raptors, like, being, you know, up as the one seed and, and with the Raps in the second right now. I don't know. Maybe they, they give him another game or two, and it does feel like 70s sort of done now yeah, to me. Yeah. I think that's done. The 96 Bulls and uh, – 16 Warriors are popping champagne. They're, they're, the only, they're going to be the only two still in that club of the 70 wins, probably. And then, we said it too, Giannis lost maybe uh, his stranglehold on the MVP trophy, right? I still think he's the favorite. He would still get my vote. But it's like um, he... It's like when a wrestler's got the guy in the sleeper hold. Maybe sleeper hold's better than a stranglehold. And then, you know, so Giannis has the sleeper hold on, but LeBron is like Hogan right now where he's doing like his hands dropped a couple times. But, yeah, now he's starting to like, oh yeah, the Hulkamaniacs are nice. that's coursing well, through his uh, But you know hands. how that always ended, though? Hulk always actually won. I know. I know, so. man. Wow. It's true. He would uh, drop a big boot. Yeah. And, uh, and then <laughs> suddenly right. he's asking, uh, he's putting his ear to the crowd. 
I mean, yeah, I know. It's it's crazy to think here um, that that LeBron has a chance to maybe steal this, whatever you want to call it, steal it. But uh, <laughs> just timing the narrative, what he's doing in year 17, the fact that Giannis won it last year. Do people? I think people are always a little bit more exciting to be like, eh, let's give it to uh, another guy. That sure. would be LeBron's fifth. There's that historic reasoning too that ties him with MJ and Bill Russell. Only one then behind Kareem. I don't know. I don't know. I think Giannis still gets it done. But uh, Bucks, loser of the weekend. Yeah. Everybody agreeing with that one. Who you got, Tess? Um, the Portland Trailblazers, because this one is put to sleep. IMO. In my opinion, I think the Blazers are done in the playoff race. It sounds a little crazy. I'm not sure what uh, the old uh, 835. What's the 538? 538. 835. What time is it? Um <laughs> You never know with this daylight savings time. You never know with <laughs> these websites. Whatever 538's chances are, I think it's zero. I think you can say bye-bye to the Portland Trail Blazers because they sit four and a half back. They lose to Phoenix and they lose to Sacramento, two teams that are also out of the playoff picture. And some may say, well, they're going to get Yusuf Nurkic back on March 15th as, as he has proclaimed that is to be a return date. But yeah. I don't I don't think that's a very good sign. He's a big guy. He's not going to play great right off the bat, mm-hmm. even if their schedule is fairly easy. Uh it also makes Hassan Whiteside his role a little bit uh, puts that up in the air, and that's I don't, a, I don't that's think that's a good thing. Isn't it? Well, no, I think Hassan Whiteside is going to have to play, and if he's not being, if he's not knowing where his minutes are coming from, I don't think he's going to be playing all that hard. Hassan Whiteside actually has been good for them recently, and so I think just putting his role in, into a gray area puts that team in flux. And Yusuf Nurkic is not going to be great off the bat; it's not going to change this the the uh, prospects for this team. So you got to give a little bit of a head nod to the Blazers. Tip of the cap mm-hmm. for that fantastic playoff performance last year. They went to the Western Conference freaking final and they finished off a series and uh, in dramatic fashion. And now I don't, don't think, I don't think it's happening. It. I do not think I it's mean, happening. And this sort of gone under the radar because no one wants to really point it out, but Lillard has not been great nah. since he came <laughs> back from the injuries. Mm-hmm. He can't hit a shot. He's shooting like 37% over these three games. And for Lillard scoring under 20 points per game, that's bad, obviously. Um, yeah, that was the push. I mean, he's pretty, he probably was likely – he probably really shouldn't even be playing, I would assume, but trying to get the team to get some of these victories. And instead, you know, they, they won the first one he came back. That was against the Wizards. And like you said, now dropped uh, to the Suns and Kings, two teams that are still trying to make the playoffs. 538 has an 11% Ooh. chance mm. for the Blazers. 835 has them at 5%. <laughs> nice. So I think the playoff races are done. I think we've got our 16 teams, which is honestly why it's good that LeBron had a little submission to the MVP race. We got something exciting to talk about here for the last month of the season. 835, is that written by Nate, uh, Nate Gold? <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay, good. Uh, who do you have? Um, who else are forgetting here? Lee, yeah, yeah. this was the weekend. I, I got one uh, on Friday, and when it first came out, I was like, yeah, I want to talk about this. But as it sort of um, stewed over the weekend, I thought, this is really a nothing. It's the Draymond Green versus Charles Barkley uh Beef. War of words? <laughs> sort of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Charles has been on Draymond a little bit this season for averaging a triple single. Uh, Draymond hasn't been good. <laughs> Great yeah. Um, and, and Draymond sort of was asked about criticism in general and specifically from Charles Barkley. And, and, you know, one of his responses was, he can't talk basketball with me. He's not smart enough. He's not qualified. No rings can't sit at this table. I mean, yeah, sure, he can't because he never won a championship ring. But saying he, he's not smart enough and he's not qualified enough is, is just absurd. Uh, Charles Barkley was a dominant force for 12-plus seasons in the league. MVP once, and he was a top uh, five six times in the MVP voting. He was a truly dominant force at like six, 
four and a half oh, yeah. as a, a you know a very undersized power forward and the reason he hasn't got any rings i mean like a lot of those guys from the 90s is quite old, quite simple michael jordan for one and he played on teams where he didn't have a lot of all-star talent around him early on there in philadelphia and draymond green right now we're seeing he can't take a team by himself right if you put charles barkley on this warriors team now I think they they win a ton more games than what Draymond's got. Now, Draymond's been injured. He's been in and out of lineup. I get that. Current Charles Barkley? <laughs> Maybe not current Charles Barkley, but 1989, 1990 Charles Barkley. I, I bet the Warriors are winning a lot more games because that's what Charles kind of did uh, in his early career. And and Draymond, you know, he's a great player. No question. De- defensive player of the year twice. He's all NBA, all NBA all-star. But come on, he's not hes not at the table Charles is at in terms of right. basketball player. He's not even in the same room. But what about a media personality? Wouldn't this exactly be well, what a young Charles Barkley would have said back to somebody else calling him yeah, out? Yeah, probably. That's that's probably fair. But, um, you know, he also said, this is what Draymond said that was weird. He said, I have a tendency to end people. What's, he, what's that mean? <laughs> I think he's talking about the time he kicked Stephen Adams right in the nuts. <laughs> And Steve, he ended this uh, entire family tree with that kid. So I, I don't quite get that, but uh, yeah, but you're right. I mean, Draymond, he, he'll talk. He's not afraid to talk. But same, you know, it's, it's like when James Harden said, you know, Giannis is not skilled. I mean, come on, like, let's get some real beefs. Say some real things here. Don't just say a guy's not good and he can't sit at the table because he didn't win a ring. I mean, that, that's just crazy. I mean, when I, I look back at Charles, basically for his entire career, except for his rookie season, he averaged a double-double, even at the end where he had no knees. Yeah. You know, um, he, he was just a, a force of nature. And, um, you know, saying that he's not a good basketball yeah, player. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, qualified. especially it's, with the way you're playing right now. Exactly. That's it makes it a point. little bit yeah. more difficult yeah. to stomach. Yeah. It's not like you're killing it out no, there. No, and, and this is a, a great example. And I like of, him. He's a great player. He's, he's a great player, but you see he is a system player when he's got Steph and Clay and Kevin Durant and those guys around him. That's when he thrives. But when he's by himself, it's like, ugh. He doesn't look quite as good offensively as yeah. he does when he's when he's pounding the ball up and firing it out to Clay Thompson in the corner. So, you know, I, I love Draymond. I think we've given him tons of respect over the years for what he's achieved, but weak, d- weak argument. Wow, this one was out of line. Yeah. Ooh. I do like the ESPN headline. Warriors Draymond Green says he'll take Charles Barkley's job if criticism doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just going to retire from the NBA and be, immediately be like, well, I work for TNT now. Could this <laughs> Sorry, be, bud. Yeah, yeah. Could this all be a work? Between Barkley and Draymond, you know, like the uh, of the passing of the you know the baton, the torch, like yeah. Barkley maybe nearing you know the end of his media career. He's talked about it at least before of how many more years he'll do this. He's still under contract for several oh, years. Yeah, that's true. I, get that money. Said, I think he said sixty. He's not going to work after sixty. <laughs> that's okay. what he said. Uh, I was going to give Barkley a winner of the weekend just to slip it in here. He's selling off some of his memorabilia. Maybe Draymond's interested. <laughs> Should buy it and like burn it or something. Yeah. If he's such a badass, that'd be a wicked move. Um, yeah, he's uh, Barkley's in, in, including his '93 MVP trophy. Um, he's selling off this memorabilia to help his hometown of Leeds, Alabama, um, to uh, you know obviously make some hopefully affordable housing and stuff like that. Uh, and so he's going to raise the money. He's got all this crap. He says he doesn't care about it. It's like in his mother's house or something like that. He said his daughter. The only thing his daughter wanted to keep was uh, the '92 uh, gold medal. Oh, yeah. from the Dream Team, yeah. but. Everything else, I guess, is fair game. So, Charles well, Barkley gives back. That is n- undoubtable. Draymond Green cannot, cannot comment on that. <laughs> Charles Barkley is a very good dude when it comes to that. But it must be a little bit weird having the MVP trophy when they didn't win the championship that season. You know, like I'm sure it feels great, but not quite as great as like when Dirk won it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. they lose in the first round. You, like, you almost wouldn't want to look at it. Yeah, because you know I mean? it would bring back 
conflicting memories, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. I think Dirk's, at least Dirk went on to then win. Right, but but Dirk's was in a worse case. I mean, getting upset oh, in the yeah. first round. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, Charles losing to Michael is like, you know, no shame in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least they were still in the playoffs when he accepted his trophy. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, no, he's uh. I think the MVP trophy is a cool-looking trophy, too. That's something I'd, you'd want on a mantle in your house, wouldn't you? doesn't look bad. It's not an eyesore. It doesn't look bad. I mean, what trophies look bad? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't care for just a glass-looking one. Like a, you like a metal trophy. Yeah. I would agree with that. It like, looks like, whoa, damn, that's important. The MLB trophy, the World Series trophy we've talked about, the flags, it's a mad trophy. Yeah, but at least it's oh. made of metal. Yeah, at least it's made of a precious metal. Nate Silver. <laughs> yeah, sure. Nate, Nate Silver. Silver with Nate Golden flag on it or whatever it is. I don't know. Need some 835 flags. What? few other uh, mini losers of the weekend, guys. We'll slip them in here. The Rockets. they got to be a loser of the weekend. They looked out of sorts uh, all weekend long. They're on a four-game losing streak, which matches the season high. This was after we got so excited about the Pocket Rockets, and it was clicking, and Westbrook was dominant. and Now they've lost four straight to the Knicks, Clippers, Hornets, and Magic. And you said it their task on Sunday versus the Magic, they couldn't grab a rebound to save their life. Got beat 49 to 38 on the boards. Magic had 22 to 8 advantage in second chance points. But it's like that game on Sunday, they can't they lose the game because they can't grab a rebound. The game before that against the Hornets, they can't stop turning the ball over. Uh, and uh, you know that was a big reason why they lost. The game before that, they couldn't hit a three. I mean, it's like it's something every game right now with these Rockets, and they have tumbled all the way down to sixth place in the yeah. Western Conference. Uh, this was again a couple of weeks ago. We were like, they're knocking on the last third week. Seat. Last Monday, I had them as a winner for the uh, yeah. huge win over the Celtics, and yeah, since then things change quickly oh, in the man. NBA league. They do. they do very, very quick. The Thunder are ahead of them in the standings I know, right now. I know. Crazy. Um, so a little insult to injury too, JD. On Saturday, the Hornets announcers they got very excited celebrating James Harden's tenth turnover of the night. They just went bonkers. Here's the clip. Would you consider? Points, rebounds, and assists, and turnovers. A wonderful double, a dubious one. He is one turnover away from his tenth turnover, which would give him a dubious. But there it is! Oh my goodness! Ten turnovers for James Harden. A quadruple double. I don't think anyone's ever gotten excited about a turnovers engine. That's history, folks. A quadruple double for James Harden in points. Rebounds, assists, and turnovers. Man, say what? Yeah, <laughs> right. I think he's done that before, though. I think so too. Yeah, I don't know about the quadruple double part, but he's had ten turnovers. Um, before. okay, yeah, maybe. But that's maybe his then. third triple double with ten turnovers. Triple double. Yes. Okay, not right. quadruple double. Well, it would be a quadruple double. Not triple sorry. double plus ten turnovers. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh sorry. I thought you were time, counting yeah. the turnovers yeah. as no, no, the no. triple double, the joking triple double. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he's done it multiple times. Eric, Why are they freaking out so much? Though? Eric Collins going right at <laughs> I know. They were Nerd alert. They were not holding back. And uh, one more loser of the weekend, the coronavirus. I mean, it might be taking, uh, you know, the NBA might be in trouble here. Hopefully not, but Shams over the weekend saying the NBA has sent a memo to its franchises explaining that due to the corona- coronavirus outbreak, Teams should be preparing to play games without fans in attendance. Well, it happened in Italy over the weekend. I know. Uh, yeah, soccer games were played without fans. And they asked LeBron about this, and he said, I ain't playing if there's no fans in the stands. That's what yeah, he said. Yeah, I, I know he said that. A little bit weird. It's not like the NBA is trying to ban fans because they're doing something wrong. It's a health, no, public course. health issue. I yeah, mean, but he says it's a big part of it. But if they're be, not there, yeah. I'm not playing. 
They'd still be on TV, though, I guess, wouldn't they? The yeah. games would still be watching them. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be... That'd be, yeah, it'd be strange. It'd be, it'd be like watching a glorified pickup run, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be very odd. Yeah. But, again, hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but, yeah, give it a loser of the weekend anyway. Wash your hands. That's right. Tweet of the night time. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. All right, I got two here. First one, at Local Agitator, also known as Kevin Kennedy. He tweeted, hey, No Dunks fans, we've only got six tickets left to their Hoop Talks live show in Toronto, March 28th. That's it. Awesome. We are just talking about there being like 30 or 40 or something like that. Down to six. So if you're in Toronto, March 28th, come out and see your boys. Go to homestandsports.com. You better act quickly because those will likely be gone by the end of the day. But the real tweet of the night goes to at Nathan Marzion. Armenian? Maybe. Um, he writes, November, is Giannis or Kawhi the MVP? December, is Giannis or Luka the MVP? January, is Giannis or Harden the MVP? February slash March, is Giannis or LeBron the MVP? I think it's pretty clear who the MVP is. LeBron. Well, Luka. Put it that way. <laughs> put it that way. It's a good tweet. I like that tweet. Great tweet. It's a great. It's fair too. Uh, he's n- he's not really. That's exactly how it's basically gone. Mm-hmm. It's like mm. a geometry proof. If Giannis is the MVP in November, is he still the MVP in March? If Giannis is the MVP in March, is he still the MVP in April? <laughs> Show your work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Give man. I haven't flashbacks. taken geometry yeah. for such a long time, but I do remember not liking proofs. But no. this tweet was better than proof. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good tweet. Good proof. Good tweet, Nathan. Pick'em results from Friday night. I was the only one to take the Rockets versus the Clippers. Clippers won handily. You guys got the W. Got three of us tied. 2-2 in the month of March. Tass is 1-3. Got his first victory there in March. What's our game tonight? Quiet night in the association. Only three games, so we're going to have to get creative tomorrow on Tuesday's show. It's going to be a wild one. I can feel it. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with the Raptors at the Jazz. Okay. Even though the Bucks are playing the Nuggets without Giannis Tetacumpo, I think this one's a little tougher to pick. Utah minus four and a half at home to Toronto. Jazz won five in a row. The Toronto Raptors have won three in a row on their trip. Wow, that, this is a tough one. The Jazz at home are just have been struggling. They've lost four in a row, I think, at home. Really? No, yeah. they, lost, they beat the Wizards in their last home. Oh, uh, they did. Sorry, yeah. four of the, they did lose four in a row at home, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been a weird streak for the Jazz. They won four, lost five, won four, lost four, won five. Hmm. But that the five they won, Boston was a good one. But uh, Boston was a Conley. That was great yeah. in the game on Friday night. Could have gave the Jazz a winner of the weekend, I guess. Raptors on a back-to-back, though. I'll take the Jazz. Jazz to win by five yeah. or more. You don't like it, that eh? Was a, uh, by the way, uh, Luke Walton could have been a loser for the weekend. Oh, yeah. For that last play last not night playing against Buddy the Hill. Oh, not in playing, the fourth quarter. Not playing one of the greatest three-point shooters uh, in the game and you need a three-point shot, you may want to put him in there. That was a, an incredibly fun fourth quarter too, yeah. by the way. Uh, but I'll take the Jazz tonight. I'm with you. I'm with you. I hate picking against my raps. Everybody knows that. But uh, that back-to-back situation... Yeah, and the Jazz are streaky, as we've seen, so I'll take Utah to cover by five, or by oh. four and a half. You know, I was uh, I was thinking the Jazz as well, but it's their third game in four nights. Now that I'm looking at those streaks, might be an L in there. <laughs> All right. Give me the Raptors. <laughs> the Raptors. Swerve it. 
I'll take the wraps. Wow. Don't like a team. First game home after long road yeah. trip. Yeah, first true. game home after long oh, road trip. Very true. Give me the wraps. Very, very Give me true. The All right, we're split on that one. Uh, Tass and Trey like the wraps to cover. Lee and I will take the Jazz to win by five or more points. That's it for us here. That was a longie. But it's good. We didn't have a show on Friday because we were in Nashville. We were at the roller rink. Everybody feeling all right after uh, skating around? You fell, you said. I didn't see you fall. Uh, I took a couple of spills early. Did you really? yeah, just as I was finding my feet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, after that, I was okay. It's great fun. It was fun. Oh, it was the first man. time I'd ever fun. done it. Ever? Ever. Wow. Mine too. Roller skating, not big in, in Canada because yeah, you got the you got you ice, got the ice yeah. Yeah. Except for JD. JD did well, it yeah, a lot did. as a kid. Oh, yeah. Take my, take my spot next time, JD. I okay. stunned. I, wasn't, <laughs> I, wasn't, I, just, I just stopped going. I fell one time as well, and I was just I was done after that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not good at it, but I, I do enjoy it. Well, I do enjoy it. You can skate around the rink. Yeah. I was not take doing the, that. Take the kids to it. It yeah. is fun, legit fun. It's I a throwback, no doubt. Sparkles. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Sparkless yeah. Fun yeah. Center. Yeah. One of 14 in America. Wow. Family-owned business. Named after a woman's cat. <laughs> those, all facts. Those are all facts, baby. <laughs> Sparkles is a chain? Well, 14? Yeah, it's like a family-owned chain. Yeah, a family chain. Well, There's a, a chain. chain. Yeah, yeah, chain. yeah. Uh, in the South. Are you sure there's yeah. still 14 or they closed some down, I thought? I don't know. I haven't done that much oh, Sparkles okay. research. I'll check their Wikipedia page. Guys, make sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Athletic Network. Count the Dinks, Back to Back, Hoops Adjacent, and so many more. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. And remember, No Dunks is paid by the minute produce, so we had to make up for Friday's no show with this longy. Yeah, we're good like 70 minutes here today. Woo! Woo! Embrace the day, people.